Scripture passage today is Psalm 100. If you do have one of these Bibles from the back table, it's on page 280. And Psalm 100 song ingrained in my head in the King James, so it makes it a little harder to read it than I do, but I'll do my best. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. The word of the Lord. Do you ever want to say thank you? You just, just want to say thank you, or as my son likes to say, thank you, thank you, thank you. Sometimes it's good just to say thank you. Maybe if people are not feeling thankful. It helps to say thankful, to remember those things that we are thankful for. And as believers, as Christians, we get to be the most thankful. We have a relationship with the Lord of the universe. And not just any relationship like, oh, I know about God, there's a God that exists. We have a personal, like intimate, dynamic relationship where God calls us his child. He calls us son, calls us daughter. We identify him as our father. And so today I want us to say, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for what you have done for us. For you've done for me, you've done for us as a church body that you're, you're, you've done, you're doing, and you're still going to do. I've been thinking about our story as a church, uh, and everyone here has like a different connecting point to Cornerstone, and it was so cool to hear some of those stories this morning. But for Monica and me, our story of connecting to Cornerstone started on a Monday morning, uh, late May in 2012. We walked into a class at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary, and the class was uh, church planting and, uh, and growth. And we were in that class because we did not want to go to the evangelism and discipleship class. We heard the church planting class was a lot more fun, you know. So we get out of evangelism, we're like, let's go to learn about church planting. And we sat down in that class, and we began to learn and to hear. I didn't really have much knowledge of church planting. I think Monica was a skeptic of church planting. I just how did you start it? And that week just kind of flipped our minds. It flipped our opinions. We, we were learning and studying, and it was fun. Like, during that week, we got to come up with, like, fake church proposals. And, um, like, we came up, we were, our little group of people was church planting in Salem. And we were going to do, uh, like, inspirational, like, psalm readings to yoga outside in Salem to kind of attract people. That was, like, our outreach was, you know, stretching your thighs to the psalms, uh, I don't know if we would ever do that, but it was kind of fun. Another group admitted a church that was really meant to be caring and loving, and it was called Nurch Church, <laughs> like a nurturing church. What if we were called Nurch Church? <laughs> uh, we created 10 proposals, but in that class, we had to study a real community. That was kind of a big assignment, go and research a real community out, uh, out in the world and try to make a difference, see what God does with that. And uh, the teacher did say something like, you know, and some of our stu- students have, have actually gone and planted these churches. And I was like, ha, 
<laughs> That's not going to happen. I'm just here to get out of evangelism. And so uh, we asked one of Monica's friends, a local pastor named Dana Smith, hey, is there a community that you would recommend we study and we learn about to church plan? Just to kinda, you have to do like a demographic study, and so we could you know, share with your church or some other church. And he said, well, why don't you do Westford? I live in Westford, and they could use a, a good church, a gospel-centered church. And uh, he happened to be pastor at Emmanuel Church in Chelmsford at the time. I'm like, great. So we began to study Westford, and we actually drove around this community with him. And we were, like, getting on Google and looking at the different churches and locations. And, uh, and we drove around to the different churches. And when we drove past uh, what at the time was called Westford Bible Church, like, I didn't even see the building. I just, we just drove right by. I was like, where was the church? It's like, this can't possibly be where our church is. It's in the, like, a residential neighborhood. Ah, and the Monica's like, you didn't see it? So we turned it back around and saw the, the sign, and we pulled up. We're like, wow, there's a church right here. That's cool. We kept on going. A couple, uh, at the end of that project, we actually presented our, our kind of our findings, our data to the Emmanuel elders at one of their retreats. They were engaged and interested. But that was really kind of the end of it. We went uh, back to school. We got married and went back to school, and that was that was how it went. But at the same time, like God knew what he was doing because he was moving people and, and, and doing things. Just down the street from us, family lived that when they would drive by, when the mom would drive by, they would pray for this church, that the Lord would come and revitalize it. You know, it's our Karen Tang just moved away. We missed them. Already praying in advance that God would do something here and then there's a woman who was a part of that small little church. At the time, it was about five people. She would go and be a part of their Bible studies. The Lord was preparing her to be a part of this church, and that's Mary. We don't get to see you in person this morning, Mary, but hi on the live stream. And then across the country in Minnesota, the president, well, the, the conference minister, uh, the, the guy at the top for the, uh, for the Conservative Congregational Christian Conference, the Four C's, uh, this church was a member of that church, and he was in conversation over the course of several years. I'm like, you know, you guys want to gift your church to like a new younger church plan, and we can kind of restart a new church plan at first. It kind of took some time, but God would clearly was working on them, and it wasn't time yet. It just wasn't time, because God was moving the parts. And I went to a church planting uh, conference in Revere uh, the following March, and uh, the conference minister was there. When I told him, oh, we, you know, we did a study of Westford, and we actually came up with proposals to plant churches in Westford, he was just like, interesting, <laughs> interesting. So he's been praying for this building, for this people, for this community for years. God was on the move. God was doing something. God was connecting the pieces. There's so much to be thankful for to God. Monica and I graduated and got hired here at, uh, at Emmanuel Church. I got hired as the associate pastor. And then six months later, Western Bible Church approached Emmanuel about making the building and planting a new church in Westford. I could not have orchestrated that story. None of us. None of you could have orchestrated that story. Only God could. 
And that's just my connecting point. I know there are other connecting points. And as we reflect on those things and remember what God has done, it gives us thankfulness. And it just makes us want to say, thank you, Father. Thank you, God, for what you have done. Because you have done more than we could have ever asked, more than we could have ever imagined. And so today, I want us to just take time as a church body and continue to say, thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Psalm 100 is a corporate thank you. So it's not an individual thank you where I just kind of sit and reflect. It's a corporate, like we're all together thanking God as his people. We're saying thank you, God, for what you have done for us, for all of us together. And the cool thing is that Psalm 100 is a is a, uh, a psalm of thanksgiving. If you look at kind of what that means in the Hebrew, it means a sacrifice of thanksgiving. It's a giving back. So that's what my prayer is today, that like God has given us so much. And like, what can we give God? He owns everything. Well, we can give him ourselves. We can give him our hearts, our love. We can give him our worship to say, God, you are, you're big, you're grand. Like, you're awesome. Thank you. Thank you. We can give him our repentance, our confession, and saying, God, thank you for what you have done in our world and what you've done in our, our lives and, and for us spiritually forgiving us. So I want us just to be thinking about this morning and maybe throughout your day and throughout your week, Lord, what can we be thankful for? Thanking him for those things as they come to mind. And maybe it's church-related. Maybe it's individual Right? But you're still part of this church family. And so even if you're like thankful for those things that none of us know about, like that still impacts us as a church because we're connected, because we're a body. And so together we're thankful for the things God is doing in your own life. What are we thankful for? I'm so thankful to be a part of this church. And, you know, it's five years in. We're still kicking. God is good. We're doing new things. We're trying new things. We're worshiping outside. And so... As we look at today's psalm, I want to thank the Lord for four things. And this really is just a message to him, like, thank you, Father. And I hope that your heart will pray it with me. But thank you, Father. First thing I want to say thank you for is renewing us. Thank you for renewing us. And we see that in the first two verses of Psalm 100, where we get to thank God for restoring our hope, for re-energizing us, for giving us a new vision. It says this, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness, coming to his presence with singing. I don't know if you know all the psalms, but sometimes the psalms are happy psalms. Sometimes the psalms are sad psalms. And it's cool that together at this moment, the community is not coming together to confess or to be sorrowful or grieve. They're coming together to say thank you. And to praise God and to say, here's what God has done. Thank you. God. And if you look at kind of where this psalm falls in the structure of the book of Psalms, it comes in the section that is all about celebrating God as king. Like it's, it's just like marveling at the power and the justice and the authority of the God who reigns over everything. And we see that in our first verse here. It says, uh, you are Lord over all the earth. Psalm 99 declares the Lord reigns, and Psalm 101 says, uh, it kind of sings of God's justice 
and love. Do you understand that? Do I understand that? Do we understand that? That, that the Lord is king, that God is king, that Jesus is king over all things? And because he's over king over all things, he can do whatever he wants with it. And what he chooses to do for us is to renew us and to restore us, to give us glad hearts, to bring us into his presence with singing and praise. This passage literally kind of commands, hey, shout out for joy. Come into his presence with singing. Make a joyful noise. Like, shout! Amen! <laughs> right. One person believes. <laughs> and so as we we come together, like, uh, you know, like my, my normal mode of worship is more like a contemplative quiet time, right? I'm more of a, a church mouse, not a, like, singing, uh, booming uh, trumpet. And, you know, what this passage does, it says to sing out, to praise out, because uh, God deserves it. And then something about that act of singing, I think, renews us and gives us those glad hearts. You know, God, it's not fake it till you make it. It's, it's step out in faith and trust God to change you from the inside out. That God will give you the joy if you're not feeling it. God can make you excited to worship and to praise him. We have so much to be thankful for. So many ways that we can be glad that I hope in our like, we have one more song, right? Yeah. His sunglasses on now. It's like staring me down. I, I don't know if he's security or a spy over there. We have so much to be thankful for. And when we sing, we can, we can praise and, and just be extra excited because what God is doing. But, yeah, kind of going back to the story of Cornerstone, like, I've met other church planters, and I've talked with other church plants, and, very few of them start with like a pastor, a group of, we had like 38 people at the beginning, and a building. And that's unheard of. And a budget. Uh, and that, that just doesn't happen. Suburban church planting is not really a thing. Uh, Cornerstone, I think, is unique. I think it's the only church, suburban church plant in the, in the conference of 300 some churches. Uh, and I know it happens, I assume. I just haven't heard about many of them. So it's really cool that God did that and he brought it about. Uh, and uh, he kind of kind of brought it all together. Maybe some of you uh, were there at the kind of the initial quest, quest training. If, just by show of hands, if you were there for that initial training, raise your hands. Yeah, quite a few of us were, were there. And that's cool that God used that time to form a group that he continued then to, to build upon that. Out of that initial training that the four C's gave us, we, we, we uh, started the church plant ministry team, the CPMT. We're still used to call it the CPMT. That was our leadership team for two and a half years. Uh, and over the course of that summer, 2015, we were figuring out our vision and our mission and, and things to do and kind of meeting and training. And then that fall, uh, it actually... Shirley chose the launch date, so thanks for our birthday, Shirley. Uh, uh, October 3rd, 
we had our first weekly service. It was on a Saturday at 5, so we've transitioned to Sunday mornings. Uh, but that was a really uh, exciting moment, really cool time. And we continued to worship and became autonomous in 2017 when uh, we uh, filed with the government and got our own elder board. And we've just been continuing ever since, worshiping and praising the Lord. Only a king could have done this. And I believe that if he gave us the energy and the desire to, to start Cornerstone, he will continue to give us that energy and, and renewal to keep us going, and to give us fresh vision and fresh hope for the future. So we believe in a God of resurrection, right? This Western Bible Church was planted, I think, in the late 60s, early 70s. God has renewed that church through us. So we just are excited about what God is going to continue to do. So we're going to thank you, Father, for renewing us. But I also want to talk about how we can be thankful for him reclaiming us. See, I believe God is reclaiming Westford. I believe he's reclaiming our church community. I believe he's reclaiming us, you. See, five years into this, and, you know, there is nothing that I need to know more than my father's love for me. That he he loves you, he accepts you, and he wants to be in relationship with you. He wants to reclaim your heart. He wants to reclaim my heart. Psalm 100 verse 3 says this, Know that the Lord, he is God, it is he who made us, and we are his. We are his. We are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. It says, know that the Lord, he is God. That word know is the word yada. It's a personal kind of knowing. It's like the word smooch. <laughs> you ever talk about smooching? It's kind of an intimate thing, right? You, Your mom, your dad gives you a smooch on the cheek. Or if your husband and wife, you smooch each other. And if you're dating, maybe you smooch, but not for too long. <laughs> it's a term of, in, uh, you don't smooch strangers, do you? If you do, please come talk to me. We'll have a heart to heart. Yeah, no, it's kind of like that word smooch because it's like, it's it's intimate. It's face to face, right? When, you, when you're smooching, you know someone and they know you. Real close. God says that he wants to, to I don't want to say smooch us. He wants to know us. Verse 2 said, come into his presence with singing. Come into his presence. Like in the Hebrew, that actually means come face to face with God. Come and know God. Come and smooch the Lord of the universe. Let him know you. Like, my breath isn't good. Well, he wants to know that. He's the one who makes us holy. He's the one who makes us good. It's not that we come and we get all of our stuff together, and then we come before him and say, hey, here I am. Are you pleased with me? No, we come and we just, in our brokenness, in our stinkiness, our bad breath, we say, God, I want to know you. Here's my sin. Here's all my uncommonness, all my imperfection, my... Or my commonness. Would you know me? 
I don't know about you, but part of the things that I have struggled with as part of this church plant is just being too busy for God. Uh, just being too busy. And maybe you're not too busy for God because of the church plant, but maybe you're too busy for God because of parenting or our studies or chores and a clean house or working or, or life dreams, goals, whatever it is. It's so easy to get too busy for God. Our message today is that God wants to reclaim us and he is going to reclaim us. He is going to have his people. God is going to know you. He'll have it no other way. So will you work with that? Are you fight that? Don't fight that. God is inviting you into a face-to-face relationship with him, and he's, he's just doing it again. There's no need to condemn ourselves for the ways that we fall short. It's just simply to come in and say, God, reclaim me. Reclaim my heart. Psalm 100 Verse 4 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. Enter his courts. Go home. Go home to your father. Go home to the one that loves you. We get to do this together. We get to come into his presence and worship God as one. We're, We're kind of like home right now. As we're thinking about God and with one another and worshiping him. Will you let your father reclaim you? Thank you, Father, for reclaiming us. We know you will. Thank you, Father, for reclaiming us, for renewing us, and redeeming us. Redeeming to like to purchase, to buy back, to, to kind of get something that was lost. And that's what God did with the Israelites. Again and again, they kind of sinned and fell into sin and, and rejected God and, and went away into exile or or uh, or suffering. And, and God just came after him and said, you're mine, I'm going to rescue you. And so the people sing, for the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. His steadfast love endures forever. Maybe you know that's the Hebrew word hased. It's this like special love this smoochy kind of love, but it's unbreakable. It's it's not just an intimate love, it's an unbreakable promissory love. Like it is a contract. God is uh, forever determined to make his people his own. And that's what it is. It's a love for his people. Psalm 100, verse 3, back a couple verses, it's his people falls right in the center of this psalm. Right in the center. It's like the whole psalm is leading up to God's people. That's what God is doing. He is redeeming his people. He's getting his people back. He's reclaiming them. He's renewing them. He's redeeming them. He's purchasing us from our sin and from our brokenness. Earlier, verse 3 talks about uh, God, like uh, that we are sheep. So that's not a very nice compliment, actually. <laughs> right? Sheep are, can be kind of smelly, kind of dumb. Uh, they can kind of nip at you. They require a lot of maintenance, right? You have to take care of their wool. Amanda's probably over there, like, arguing for the goodness of sheep in her mind. No? Okay. Sheep are dependent. Sheep are needy. 
And so we need a good shepherd. We need a shepherd who loves us, who cares about us, who's willing to put up with us, who is patient with us, who endures with us. Like, we need a really good shepherd. Church, we have a really good shepherd. We have the best shepherd of all. Jesus himself identifies himself as the good shepherd. John chapter 10, verse 11 says this, I am the good shepherd. Jesus is saying this. He's saying it to you. He's saying, I am the good shepherd. You know how he defines the good shepherd? The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That's what Jesus did. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That's what Jesus does for us. That's how he renews us. That's how he reclaims us. That's how he redeems us, by laying down his life for us. By getting in between us and our sin. Maybe you're one of those sheep that needs to be cleaned up, washed up, bound up, carried. I don't know what your week was like. You know, since COVID, it's been tough. I don't know your, always know your stories, but uh, God knows. Those things that we're not willing to tell others, like God knows. He wants to bind you up and bring you home. Jesus laid down his life so that he could be the good shepherd, so that he could bring the bad sheep into the fold and make them good by his blood. And this is what the gospel message is all about. Like at Cornerstone, we've tried to always talk about the gospel message, part of who we are, our gospel center church. And we believe in Jesus, and, and like we need him, and he forgives us. That he's making us new, he's renewing us, he's redeeming us, he's reclaiming us. So if you don't know Jesus, I just want to say, today could be the day. Today could be the day to meet a good, good shepherd who loves you, who has nothing but your good in mind. Uh, and, and, and the cool thing is that shepherds lead us places that we don't expect. Many of you did not expect to come to Cornerstone. Maybe you didn't even expect to move here. I certainly didn't expect to plant here. And yet God had plans. Took me all the way from Colorado to Virginia to here. God's going to continue to unfold this story going forward. What might he do in the next five years? Thank you, Father, for renewing us for reclaiming us, for redeeming us, but also for resending us, sending us out, resending us out into the world. This psalm is for the people, not only of Israel, but for all the earth, verse 1. You know, so if you know at all, like the story of the Bible, right, the story, the Old Testament's mostly about the people of Israel and their relationship with God. But here in the psalm, we seem to hear that well, God wants to be in relationship with all peoples, Jewish people, Gentile people. Gentile means non-Jewish people. All peoples, all ethnicities, all wealth statuses, all, all kinds of people. God wants to be in relationship with them. He wants to reclaim them and redeem them. He wants all people to serve him. Verse 2 says, serve the Lord with gladness. That's, that's a command. Serve the Lord. And yet it's also a reason to be thankful, right? Because there's a lot of ways that I can spend my time. And I can I can choose some ways that seem good to me, but really aren't that good. 
But the Lord of the universe who created me and is good and loves me, he invites me to serve him, to be in relationship with him, to prioritize him, to serve him and to send us out in a new and bold way. And so I want to be thankful for that. I want to be thankful for the ways that God invites me to be a part of his plans. I hope that we'll do that together as a church body. Getting to be a part of this church plan and watching God move has been like one of the greatest achievements of my life. God is doing something here. He is writing a story that I'm excited to be a part of. And we can have so much hope. God is continuing to write this story. And so we pray once more, like the prophet Isaiah prays in Isaiah 6. He has this great vision of God. That's like, who am I going to send? And Isaiah says, here I am. Send me. You know, you can pray that for like where you are. Here I am at Cornerstone. Send me to Cornerstone. Here I am in my church community, send me in there. Here I am in Westford, send me into Westford. Here I am on my front line, like the place where God has me, the, the place where he has me. God, I want to serve you there. Here I am, send me. Send me once more to the place you already have me. Let's pray that. And let's thank God for the ways he's already doing that. Thank you, Father, for renewing us, for reclaiming us, for redeeming us, and for resending us. We've been here for five years, and God has done some amazing things. We've celebrated eight baptisms. One was in a river. That was pretty cool. We've reached out to Westford. We've served Westford through things like the trucker treats for multiple years. Did a road cleanup. We've tried Christmas caroling. done game nights and movie nights and a parents' night out and Habitat for Humanity build and the prayer table at the farmer's market. Uh, the youth have uh, done uh, relief work for Syrian refugees. Uh, we did a, a fundraiser for the Westford Food Pantry. Uh, and I know the other youth have done other things as well. We've grown in our faith through studying the Bible and, and coming together in community. We've grown in through faith through our interactions, through good times and, and even conflicts. And we've learned about reaching out in love to those people that God cares about. And we're kind of still continuing to, to learn what that means. We've had a lot of worship services where we've just praised God. There's value in and of itself in that. We worship God. We call it sermons. And they haven't all been from me. And God's been working on our hearts and he's been working in our community for five years. What's he going to do in the next five years? I'm excited to see what God's going to do. See, we're just getting started. Today, our Heavenly Father is renewing us, He's reclaiming us, He's redeeming us, and He's rescinding us. There's nothing He can't do through us. Let's have hope for the future. Today, let's celebrate and look forward to what God is going to do next. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for all the ways that we can celebrate and worship and give you praise. Lord, would we shout for joy? Would we rejoice in all the things that you have done? Lord, we look forward with expectations of what you're going to do next. Lord, we lower our expectations for each other 
and we raise our expectations for you. We can't wait to see what you are going to do. In Jesus' name, amen.